Guys, welcome to another awesome episode of Triggered. Great to have you back. Today's episode is going to be focused on the Biden crime family. I'll be joined by Alex Marlowe. Alex is the editor-in-chief of Breitbart News, one of you guys actually doing real news. And he has a new book out called Breaking Biden, which unearthed new bombshells. There's even more, folks. It's hard to believe with everything that's out there, there's even more about the Biden family and just how entangled they are in this web of corruption. It goes very, very far. So you're not going to want to miss this one. So I also need you guys to like, share, subscribe, download the Rumble app so you can get notifications. We are up against a lot. Big tech's not going to help us. Mainstream media is not going to help us. And it's the only way we can keep getting this message out. So take one second right now. Just go down, hit the little like button, get after it. Make sure that you do that. That's how the algorithm works. We want to make sure that all of the people that we can reach get to see this kind of stuff so they understand what's going on. Again, no one's going to help us if it's not for you guys. And I also want to take a second and thank those who make the show possible besides yourselves, which are our great sponsors. It takes guts to support programming like this, so support those who support your values. Go check out the folks over at Gold Co. Biden and the leftists are creating a dangerous economic storm. I want you to be prepared. Interest rates are rising and inflation and reckless spending, global turmoil, Biden-caused disasters are only getting worse each and every day. Owning tangible, physical, inflation-hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio. And GoldCo has top-notch customer service. They'll answer your questions. They'll walk you through the whole process. You can learn and make an informed decision for yourself. That's what it's all about. Or you can let the people who are put in positions of power by DEI and ESG make decisions that your children are going to be beholden to. Seems like a no-brainer. So if you want to learn more, Go to DonJuniorGold.com. That's D-O-N-J-R Gold.com and learn more. One last one, and don't forget about this one because it's a big one because you all will have a cell phone in your pocket almost invariably. Don't forget about Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. I keep saying it, guys, and we need to support the companies who support you instead of those who hate your guts. And since you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket anyway... Have a cell phone with Patriot Mobile in your pocket where you put America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Patriot Mobile provides you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, putting your dollars into action and supporting freedom-loving values. Patriot Mobile literally takes a portion of every dollar earned and they use it to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to bear arms, the sanctity of life, protecting our brave police and first responders, and even supporting strong candidates in major school board races. Guys, they're in the trenches with you, putting your money to work for the things that you believe in, as opposed to their competition who puts your hard-earned dollars to work for people who hate your guts, your freedoms, your value, your religion, whatever it may be. So for free activation, go to patriotmobile.com triggered, like the name of the show, patriotmobile.com slash triggered. Okay, activation is quick, it's free, it's easy, and you guys can vote with your wallets. Support those who support you. Go check out the folks at Patriot Mobile. And joining me now, author of the new book, 
Breaking Biden, as well as editor-in-chief of Breitbart News, Alex Marlowe. Alex, man, good to have you on here. How you doing? Don, I appreciate you so much, and thanks for doing this. Uh, we love Rumble, and we love all the stuff you're doing. Well, you know, I love what you guys are doing, and I, I, I think you're, you know, before we get into the book, because I was sort of shocked in looking through it and going, like, you know, I, I do this almost daily at this point. I live this lifestyle. I talk about the hypocrisy. I've been persecuted for, uh, you know, treason, according to the, you know, U.S. government at the time, a crime punishable by death. I'm saying, man, you know, in my next life, I hope to be, uh, you know, as upstanding a citizen as Hunter Biden. But strangely enough, right now, I'm the guy that gets <laughs> shit on and uh, he gets away with murder, it seems. So, you know, it's interesting. But I was amazed how much more there is than even what we know at this point. And, and that's mind-boggling to me. Now, before, you know, we'll get into the bright bar, but talk about that a little bit. How is it possible that this could be going on at this level? I know, you know, by this time in my father's presidency, I was on like, you know, hour 40 or 50 or so of testimony before Congress. Again, for treason, a crime punishable by death, minor details. That's like an average Tuesday for my family at this point. But, you know, how is it possible that we're still seeing more, that there's more out there that's not been talked about. You've obviously researched it. You're under a different level of scrutiny. I've seen what they try to do with you. Anytime you write an article at Breitbart, what big tech does to you, uh, the level yeah. of censorship. So I know there's a level of diligence here far beyond. Uh, but talk a little bit about that because it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah, it is. And this is what we've been living at Breitbart for really ever since your dad came down that escalator. Uh, it just hit a new level where all the tactics changed. And it became less about trying to fight fair and just doing whatever it takes to win. Uh, by any means necessary is the phrase that used to get thrown around when I was on the Berkeley campus a, a few years ago. Uh, and that was the tactics that were used. I know you've lived this personally, and we have too at Breitbart, where what's done is whatever they think is the optimal tactic to shut down dissent from the establishment status quo. And sometimes that's relentless attack. Sometimes it's advertiser boycotts. Sometimes it's changing the rules. Now it seems like what's most trendy is lawfare, trying to sue anyone they disagree with. Uh, and in recent years, it's just been this whole censorship culture. And it's starting with the worst of all is Google. If you try to find a Breitbart story on a topic where we are the authority on the subject matter, it could be an exclusive interview with someone like you or your dad. Uh, it's, a, it's hard to find it unless you specifically Google with the word Breitbart in it because they're suppressing that content. Uh, this book, Breaking Biden, it is it's going to be the biggest selling book maybe ever on Joe Biden's life. I, I assume it will be. Uh, you're not going to read one word about it in the establishment media because they know they can't come after it. I have 1,600 endnotes in there. A lot of them are from their preferred sources. So they're not going to be able to hit me on the facts. So what are they going to do, Don? They're going to ignore it. They're going to act like it doesn't exist, yeah. and they're going to censor it in their various algorithms. And that's why our grassroots audiences are the only savior of this country at the moment. Yes, I mean, talk a little about that a little bit. I mean, I, you know, obviously I, I talk all the time with one of your great writers, you know, Matt Boyle. And I, I mean, he'll take me through the metrics of, you know, wh what they've tried doing to Breitbart. I mean, talk about, you know, where you've popped up in search, the change uh, since they've, you know, put you on whatever, you know, blacklist there is. I mean, I, I don't know that you've ever been proven wrong on any of these issues, but 
between the advertiser boycotts, uh, you know, the SEO or, or lack of uh, search engine optimization. I mean, I could find, look up Breaking Biden by Alex Marlowe. It'll show up on page 462 of the search. So, you know, it, oh, it's there, but it's designed to make sure that yeah. no one ever actually sees it. Can you talk about the specific metrics? Because I think, you know, people know that it's happening. They understand that at yeah. this point. I don't think that everyone realizes exactly how bad it is. I mean, talk about you know the, the examples over yeah. at Breitbart and and the extreme changes uh, in, in those in those sort of analytics. Yeah, and I don't have the exact up to date data, but I looked some of the stuff up pretty recently, so this will all be in the ballpark. Uh, in May of 2020, all Breitbart terms search terms for the word by. Biden got erased from Google. So you could not get a Joe Biden story or a Hunter Biden story from Breitbart in Google unless you typed in the word Breitbart specifically. And we have the data, we have graphs to back this up. It went literally to zero, even in areas where we are the experts in it, like immigration, for example, no one's beaten Breitbart's immigration coverage over the last decade. There's no close second. We're the authority on the topic. And yet, and yet you can't find our stories on it. Peter Schweitzer is one of our senior contributors from the Government right, Accountability right. Institute, the number one researcher on the Biden family over the last decade. It's a good luck finding Peter Schweitzer content from Breitbart unless you type in the word Breitbart. That's what Google's done. What Facebook has done is what they've done is they've suppressed basically all political content because a lot of their, their users are conservatives, they are Republicans, and they're, they skew in that slightly older demographic. They tend to vote for folks uh, you know, who have an R next to their name. And so they couldn't get away completely with boosting just CNN. So what they did is they cranked down all the dials on political content, and they cranked up the dials on you know grandparent videos and feel-good viral stories, stuff like that. Who died recently? Facebook's basically become like an obituary page. Whoever yeah. died recently, which is fine. We all need to know who died. But it's it, it, the country's at stake here, too. And we would like to get a sense of what's happening in the news uh, beyond just who passed away recently. And so they all come up with new tactics. And the thing they all have in common, as you know, Don, it suppresses conservative, particularly anti-establishment conservative voices. And one piece of data, which is just stunning, is that if you look at an outlet like Forbes, which is pretty much down the middle, leans left in some of their news coverage, they get about 50% of their traffic from Google, according to the latest data I saw. At Breitbart, we get maybe 5%, 10%, and all of those are going to have a keyword search term like the word Breitbart in it, or you're not going to get it. So our news, even if it's the best, even if it's the most accurate, is going to go way lower if you even can find it at all. And you can scroll back to that page 420 or whatever you're on, especially for my book. Thank you for scrolling that far, by the way. I, I gave up <laughs> yeah, exactly. before. Yeah. Hey, before listen, I'm a glutton for punishment. I want to figure out what's real. Yeah. So how, how do you avoid <laughs> it? I mean, Google... Yeah, I mean, Google to me is definitely the worst offender. I mean, we think of it as yeah. like, well, you know, I've been in Facebook jail or Instagram jail. You're right. They, they've turned down yes. the dials entirely. I mean, eventually you would think there's some sort of shareholder lawsuit. I mean, they've suffered drastically at this and, you know, they're clearly not right. doing what's optimal for their shareholders. Eventually, you'd think there'd be a class action lawsuit if they're doing it so flagrantly. But, but Google you know, as and aided by sort of Wikipedia, you know, these are sort of the ultimate uh, offenders in this because they do it under the pretense of objectivity, but they're really making sure that they decide what you see uh, through their warped lens. Uh, you know, I, I see, you know, you know, my Wikipedia page versus the Hunter Biden one, and it's like, you know, I'm the devil and he's a misunderstood, yes. you know, addict that's going through a great recovery. It's 
it's so insane, but you know, it's the fact checkers that are totally biased, totally perverted, and, and totally one-sided that, that are deciding sort of what that narrative is. You know, what, yeah. what else are they doing out there that, and, and how do people avoid it? I mean, you know, Google's obviously you know, a juggernaut. Yeah, it's hard to avoid. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it, I don't know that the other search engines are any better, frankly. You know, is there something else that's not using sort of their, you know, back-end algorithm uh, so that people can no. actually find I mean, real stuff? No, and, and that's why there needs to be more creative approaches, starting with breaking up big tech. Um, but Google is a total monopoly. I don't think you can avoid them. I know there's some alternatives that are okay, uh, but just nothing competes when it comes to search. And it's not just search. I mean, Google's tentacles are going everywhere. There'll be huge players in AI. Uh, obviously, they have huge contracts with our government, particularly the Pentagon. Uh, one of the interesting stories in Breaking Biden is Tony Blinken, who is a character, he's really a villain uh, throughout the book. He started this consulting firm called West Exec, which became sort of a, a farm team, like a triple A ball for the Biden administration and future Democrat administrations. One of the first things he did is he partnered with Jigsaw, which is a branch of Google that Don explores threats to open societies. What do you think that is? That's disinformation, but it's not really disinformation. It's yeah. the content you're creating and the content I'm creating. That was the first thing Tony Blinken did was team with Google to police folks like me and you. That's the whole mindset, and that's why Google is protected by our government and no one's going after them. Yeah, and you, you couple that uh, with the advertiser boycotts. I mean, we saw last week, you know, yes. uh, Rumble, you know, they didn't immediately cancel Russell Brand because someone said that he did something 16 years ago. I mean, he was married to Katy Perry yeah, and they right, didn't say right. anything, right? He was a, you know, yeah. a top actor, top performer, top this, and he was not, you know, a, a mass gang rapist then, but you start yeah. calling out Big Pharma. You start calling yes. out sort of the big government cabals. You start calling out the elitists and the globalists, and all of a sudden now you're a gang rapist. Now again, he got canceled by you know YouTube, uh, a bunch of big tech, uh, a bunch of other social platforms. Rumble was the only one that said, "Hey, listen, uh, why don't we let the wheels of justice spin before we cancel someone, before we end their livelihood?" Let's at least see if there's, I don't know, an indictment, uh, you know, a, a actual you know, guilt in a real court. And for Russell, I don't know that you can get that anymore. Certainly not in the UK because their rules have been so perverted or something like that. Uh, but you saw, you know, Burger King immediately dis they just canceled their advertising on Rumble and all these things. Why? Because we, they want to let due process play out. I mean, we live in a world where you're guilty. Uh, until proven innocent, which is sort of opposite of what it's supposed to be, and yet that's going on. You guys at Breitbart faced very much the same thing, a constant barrage. Yes. Not because the, the advertisers weren't getting value out of Breitbart, but because very choreographed and dedicated groups of leftists band together to create this thing, put pressure on corporate America to make sure that they never advertise on your pages, or there would be consequences, even if that's not happening from the regular consumer. Yeah, that, that's right. And you, you have so much there I want to respond to. I mean, yeah. first of all, we know why Russell Brand is getting targeted. He's targeted 
because he's no longer useful to the left and he is in fact a, a emerging anti-establishment voice with a massive following. And and I don't know anything about Russell Brand. I've never been on his show. He's never been on any of my platforms. Uh, we cover him periodically at Breitbart. Uh, he might be a great guy. He might be a terrible guy. I don't know anything about him. I saw him in a green room one time uh, before TV hit. That's the extent of my personal Russell Brand knowledge. And, uh, and he was kind of buzzing around being typical Russell Brand. He seems like an odd guy. Maybe he's amazing. I have no idea. But the timing, Don, is everything here. Why is this timed? We all know why it's timed the way it is. In the tactic that he's guilty until proven innocent was one of the scariest parts of the whole Me Too movement, uh, which may have started with a kernel of goodness to it and then immediately became a way to cancel everyone's least favorite person and to work out other issues th that were going on in their lives. Yeah. There's no purity to it. There's no pursuit of truth. There's no pursuit of justice. It's purely character assassination. And what's unbelievable is that what if he did this stuff? It's a, you know how you and I are going to react yeah. to it. We're going to assume this is all a witch hunt. What if he really is a terrible guy? I don't know, but I know what it looks like. It looks like a witch hunt. And I'll tell you what it does though, which is something that is heartening. It does when there is a witch hunt and someone's getting targeted, it does sort of drive you to that person because there's such little trust in the media. There's never been less trust in the media. There's never been less trust in the establishment. And sometimes people can benefit. Sometimes people can get benefit, can benefit from the cancellation, particularly if it turns out to be unfair. Um, you know, I don't think Harvey Weinstein benefited because it seemed like there's there, there's yeah. a lot going on that might have been might might have been honest. Uh, but what happened at, at at Breitbart is there now that we were the original guinea pigs for going after advertisers. And there's this group called NewsGuard, which I know you're familiar with, Don. Uh, that their whole stated mission is to try to get advertisers to stop advertising on platforms like Breitbart and probably places like Rumble. I imagine you guys had to deal with that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think without question. I mean, it's it's why I got so involved with Public Square. Uh, so that you could just find people who have aligned interests. Stop going through sort of the, the lens of sort of warped leftist corporate America. Go support those who share your values and vice versa. If you're a business advertiser, it, it's so critical to cut those people out because you're right. There, there's no pretense of objectivity. And you're right. It's some of these things. You know, me too. It may have started off with sort of a, a hint at trying to do some good, but they took it so far I mean, I, I can't tell you the countless people who have come up to me be like, hey, man, like, wh why on earth would I hire, a, you know, a guy that's running a company? Why why would I hire a woman to do this if I have a you know, comparable male guy? You know, if the door, if a wind blows the door closed, she can say that I did X, Y, Z. Many weaponized it. They used it incorrectly, tried to do it. I, I think it actually probably had a reverse effect of what it was supposed to have because people were afraid to hire women in, in many parts of corporate America. They'll yes. never say it out loud. I'll say the quiet part out loud. But that happened, just like the left using racism as sort of an easy button to win any argument, whether it's about race or not, like calling everyone a racist. You know, is there racism left in America? Of course. Is it the cause of and solution for all of life's problems? No, it was so overplayed. But now when you hear racism, it's like you roll your eyes, you move on because, you know, there's a 99.9% .9 chance it's bullshit. And what that does is a huge disservice to the few people who are actually still affected by real racism. Yeah, and this does come back to something with Joe Biden's history, which is uh, just he's been appalling on race, Don. He hasn't been just just sort of bad. He's been he's been 
heavily racist throughout parts of his life. I actually opened the book with an anecdote about how it got revealed just before the 2020 election that his family owned slaves. They were literally slaveholders. And the media didn't just say, we don't know. They said flat out, no, it's untrue. It was true. And the media didn't go back and correct the record until after the election. And this is just just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, think about the high-tech lynching of Clarence Thomas. Think about the crime the crime bills that he worked on uh, with segregationist senator, uh, senators that ended up incarcerating black men for a whole generation. Don, during the corn pop speech, people always forget this. During the corn pop speech, he called black children roaches. He literally called black children roaches. This is not 1977 or 1877. This is 2017. He called black children roaches. This is insane to me. And the media just completely ignores it. And then we're supposed to act like every person on Twitter is a racist because they fired off one tweet uh, that, that was a joke not 10 years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, listen, he called last week, he called LL Cool J boy, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, well, no, he's great because he, they put him in front of groups of black people. He embarrasses himself. He has all sorts of racial undertones in it anyway, but, but it's okay because he's doing the bidding of the Democrats. So I, you write in the book, that it was researched over hundreds of hours with a group of investigators. What did you learn yeah. about Joe Biden through all of that research that we don't already know? So there, there's wow. It's it's there's so many places that I could I could take that answer. Um, the, the first thing I do want to say that I was really lucky to have an amazing team. Um, I, thanks to my good friend Peter Schweitzer, I was able to recruit five researchers who all had worked on number one best-selling books for him. Uh, and so this is something that was meant to be a work of deep scholarship. And I was, I was, the goal was to bring the receipts. And I think I did. We have 125 pages of endnotes. So if anyone wants to come at the facts, they, they, they can't do it. It's all there. Yeah. It's, it's virtually- <laughs> That's not yeah, a thing. It's, it's there. <laughs> There's a lot in the book. There's a lot in there. <laughs> And, and a third of that is is endnotes. I mean, and that's the whole point is the whole point is I want people to be able to have a playbook that they can use when they're making arguments. And I've written in a way where I want conservatives to be loaded up with arguments heading into the next election. Uh, but also I've written in a way that if you are a leftist or a liberal, leftists aren't going to like it. But if you're a liberal and you pick it up and you think, OK, let's see what this is all about. There's no way there's anything about Joe Biden that's that bad. Uh, you will be blown away in every single chapter from his family to his record on uh, how about the Ukraine war, which I put squarely at Joe Biden's feet, yeah. the degradation of Hollywood and us selling out to China. I put that squarely in Joe Biden's feet. Uh, I relitigate the coronavirus record where he was abysmal and the record has been totally ruined. Your dad got totally screwed by the establishment media on his COVID record. And Joe Biden had just gotten a total pass for failing in every single way. And all of this is detailed in, in really a, a ton of detail um, uh, throughout the book. Uh, but I will say in terms of what did I learn, what I learned the most overall is that every area where I was trying to give Joe the benefit of the doubt, every area where I was trying to find some place where maybe he wasn't quite as bad as conservative media portrays him, uh, there's literally almost nothing. The only thing I can say is he does seem to legitimately care about his family and stand up for his family, and that's it. Everything else, virus to the economy, the Biden inflation, Every single thing he has put his mind to over the years has turned out even worse than people know, and all the details are in the book. Like, what I found you know, interesting in there, you write that while Biden's clearly you know, deteriorating both physically and mentally, his critics are underestimating him. I mean, 
Yes. How are people underestimating Biden? Is it Biden himself that they're underestimating or are they underestimating sort of the power of those forces, you know, the left-wing media, big tech, you know, covering up for him, boosting them, making sure that each and every gaffe or stumble or literally fall on a world stage uh, isn't actually televised. I mean, is it him that's underestimated? Is it the power of those that are sort of boosting him while sort of going after his opponents, or is it a combination? Yeah, it's a combination. I mean, I, I don't shirk that he is definitely degrading uh, physically and mentally. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's not true. And I cite a lot of my favorite gaffes, and I walk through some of the worst moments and bubbles and stubbles and it's enjoyable to, to read it it's funny and people get amused by it and i'm not acting like that's not happening but if you look at his record that he started out wanting to be president when he was a boy and he was able to for example take his law degree which he barely got and he lied about it the whole time he was a abysmal law student he barely survived law school and somehow became one of the most influential jurists over the last hundred years by setting the template for a character assassinations of how to character assassinate a conservative nominee first with the borking of robert bork which succeeded where he stopped bork and we got kennedy instead and kennedy turned out to be a down the road a, a middle of the road guy ended up keeping abortion for example for a lot longer than it would have been kept uh, if a conservative had been on there and then clarence thomas with the high-tech lynching failed but it did set that template for what we saw years later with for example justice kavanaugh Joe Biden did that with a mediocre mind and no accomplishments legally. He was able to do that. So that's something to, to that, that I think is a good example of what he's done his whole career. Uh, he had no military record. He has stolen valor by claiming that his son Bo died in Iraq. But he basically went it alone in Afghanistan. Almost everyone, even the guys we all love to hate, like the Mark Millies of the world, were, were saying his strategy was terrible on Afghanistan. He still did it anyway with the pullout strategy, and it turned out to be a debacle the whole way. How did he get to go it alone? Well, it's because he really is in charge. And we act like he's not because sometimes it's comforting for us to think that these cabal of super wealthy, powerful people, they're definitely out there. They're definitely greasing Joe Biden's palms. But ultimately, the buck does stop with him. And he's had an agenda that he's been pushing for the last 50 years in Washington. And there's evidence after evidence that I cite of him basically getting his way. That's actually a really interesting point, but you, you, you clearly you see not the sharpest tool in the shed, never was, but he's gotten these things. Does he actually have an ideology? I mean, I don't see sort of, you know, the old Irish Catholic dude, clear, you know. Yeah. Does he believe all of the shit that he's pushing for, for the left, though? I mean, no. I, you know, or is it just, hey, it's a means to an end that gets him ingratiated with the liberal powers that that leads to Hunter getting on boards and businesses that are kicked back to him. Is there yes. actually an ideology or is it just about, you know, doing what it takes to be a dominant player on the left and, you know, taking whatever graft comes from that? No, uh, it's a it's a great question, because Eve, despite the fact that he's been able to become the standard bearer for the left. I don't think he's a leftist. I don't think he's anything. And if you look at some of his positions on gun control, on abortion, on things like that, uh, it, it's a even on populism. He framed himself as a populist for so many years. Uh, he's definitely changed. But there are some patterns that are pretty easy to follow. But no, he's not an ideologue. 
He's not a visionary, but he is an expert operator. And that is where we've underestimated him, is that he knows where the levers of power are. He knows how to pull them. And if he can't pull them himself, uh, he knows how to grease the he how to how to how to grease the skids for people so that they can do it. Uh, but some of these, some of the key examples that I think if you want to understand him, he has one gift that he gets. He understands how to satisfy that liberal base, that left-wing base. He gets that. His instincts in that regard are pretty pure. He rarely gets it wrong when it comes to giving the base what it wants without alienating the sort of center-ish part of the Democrat Party, knowing that they'll eventually come back to him when it comes time to vote. He is a track record of doing that over and over, and I sound countless, countless examples in the book. And beyond that, he has he he doesn't give a fuck. He does not care about the media. He does not care about the hate. And he is very willing to do things that seem totally insane and just to soldier ahead if he does feel like there's an end to the means. Uh, 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 Don, we were talking right before I came on about how we need to all work together on the right. He gets this. He never takes shots at anyone on his side who can help him. He's never done it once. He never does it. He unless it's a you know a slip up and he accidentally calls LL Cool J boy or something, or he calls Obama clean articulate black. He does not take shots at people on his side. The right needs to learn that lesson. We don't know that yeah. lesson, Don. I mean, we're doing this constantly, and it's the it's the and I'm, I'm not talking about like in primary season, but after primary season, he knows who's going to help him get stuff done, and he makes sure they're happy with him. This is something that always works for him and the last thing that we all know and there are more details in the book that are new on it he takes care of his family the deals with china are insane and there's more of them in the book the deals with places like ukraine uh the deals with the penn biden center in the biden institute of delaware all of these are designed to get his family lined with cash and kept in work and he cares about that very deeply yeah i mean let, let's talk about the corruption because that i mean that's mind-boggling to me. I mean, we're literally at the brink of war with Russia. You know, by volume, the world's largest yeah. nuclear superpower sure. in terms of warheads, right? But we have a media so desperate to push the leftist narrative that they won't even ask the question of like, hey, do you think our policy is being influenced because maybe Ukraine has more on the Bidens? Like, it's like, well, you know, we can risk nuclear war to protect you know, Democrat power, liberal power in, in the office. Because, I mean, if it was Trump and we're sort of gallivanting and, you know, playing with the idea of, you know, a nuclear war, you'd think someone would be asking the question is like, hey, are, are some of our decisions that clearly don't seem to be beneficial to America, $100 billion here, another $100 billion there, Pentagon loses a trillion dollars, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's all for you. We're not even asking the question if our decisions and our policy is being influenced by even more corruption that perhaps we don't already know about. Yeah, and it, it, one other thing is that clearly his Ukraine policy is affected deeply by the fact that the left-wing base wants us to be in war with Ukraine, and they want to, they feel very good about attacking Putin. He's the perfect villain for them, and they don't care about any of the Biden corruption with regards to Ukraine. Uh, but one thing that is, was really interesting to track was going back into the Obama years and Biden's policy 
on Ukraine, and he mishandled Putin so badly. He did the exact opposite stuff that your dad did, which was your dad actually implemented some very tough policies on Russia, but then spoke very positively about Putin so as not to try to alienate him and not to try to uh, uh, further make him feel like we're an adversary. Joe Biden has done the opposite. What I, I write about in the book is that what he does is he speaks loudly and then carries a small stick. That's been his policy on Russia. He talks very tough, but he actually, over the years, has not done much to yeah. keep Putin at bay. And in fact, his decisions, putting people like the needlessly provocative Victoria Nuland in a power in a position of power in Ukraine, he's goaded Putin over and over again. And if you follow the pattern, everything he did in the run-up to the Russian invasion of Ukraine followed a pattern where Putin was likely to invade. If you go back to past Russian invasions of former Soviet territory, Biden almost followed the playbook like he wanted Putin to invade. And no one's pointed this out because no one cares to track what Joe Biden yeah. actually does. They see he calls Putin a butcher, a butcher or something one time, and the media feels very satisfied and they move on. And they don't realize this entire mess is because of Biden's team's incompetent policy. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, you know, I love watching all these people screaming about all these things, you know, why was Ukraine going to be added into NATO? Why, like, why would you take a, you know, let's call it a thousand mile buffer zone since World War II that, you know, right. and, and it's like, hey, we're just going to move our borders a thousand miles closer right onto your border. I mean, to me, that's yes. the initial, you know, provocation. That doesn't say, you know, I'm not being a Russia apologist, but like if no. Putin had a plane and he needed an excuse, I mean, we rolled out the red carpet for him to do that time and time again. And you're right. Trump understood that you could actually do a lot more damage while not be, why didn't Trump insult Vladimir Putin on a world stage and treat him like a dog? Why, like, have these people ever negotiated a deal? Like, you, you don't do that. You can actually get a lot more and then just not bloody the guy on a, on a world stage. You take a bully and you bloody him on a world stage and you're gonna get the results that we've gotten for the last two years under Biden. You can give him a little bit. Doesn't mean you're being an apologist. It doesn't mean you don't get exactly what's going. It means you're not stupid. And, and we've handled this so stupidly. Yes, it's a, I write in the book that the NATO, uh, including Ukraine, is, has been the brightest of red lines for Putin. He's been very clear whenever there's more talk of Ukraine joining NATO, there is a, a Putin invade somewhere. And whenever it hits a certain level, he invades. And that's exactly the trap that Biden fell into here. There, he allowed, even though he probably knows better than to let Ukraine in because he knows that that is the, the red line that it is. Uh, but he allowed for the rhetoric to ratchet up and ratchet up. And there were even those news stories that you might recall that Zelensky announced that he was going to be admitted into NATO. All of that stuff Biden could have kept under control, and he didn't. And he put people in power like Victoria Newland, who is a, is a Russophobe. She hates Russia and always has. And he's sending her over to Russia to try to negotiate these deals. All of this is designed to provoke Putin. And so if you want to wonder why the guy's invading, even though his army clearly wasn't up to snuff, this is exactly why. And we're just going to keep sending money over there over and over again because the base loves it. They love fighting with Putin. And this is all a total botch by Biden personally. So, you know, the, the interesting one, I, I see all these politicians. How did Joe Biden get so wealthy despite, you know, being yeah. the... You know, a government servant. He's, you know, just a man of the people, blue collar Joe for his entire life. You know, how did that happen and how does that not raise sort of the flags that it should be raising all over the place? 
Yeah, it, it, one thing that was just stunning to go through while I was researching the book was exactly how bogus the whole populist image of Joe Biden was. Yeah. Uh, Don, did you know that he lived in a house with a ballroom for, you know, like 20 odd years or so? He had a ballroom, a 10,000 square foot house. It's the, it's the he, then he acts like he's, you know, lunch bucket Joe. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, he left Scranton at nine Trump. years old. Like, right. I have spent more of my life in Pennsylvania than Joe Biden, like, yeah. legitimately, like, between college and boarding school and this and that. Like, but, you know, he's Scranton Joe, but there's nothing Scranton about yeah. Joe. It seems to me that he actually has disdain for those people that he's pretending to be like. Yeah, and it's just that he got away with this for so long and acting like it was such a big deal, they took the Amtrak. Donna, I pulled down what a, what a train ticket costs from D.C. to uh, uh, Wilmington these days. It's over 300 bucks for a ticket, and you know who's paying for that stuff, like the government and corporations. It's not exactly normal people. So his this whole image of him being a populist guy has always been bogus. Uh, but what has stunned me uh, in the research is that we have no idea how much money the Biden family got from China. We simply have no idea how much it was. And it is certainly in the millions, probably almost certainly in the eight figure some, but it could be even higher because some of the connections are just mind blowing. Did you know that when Joe Biden released strategic oil reserves because gas prices were too high, uh, one of the companies that ended up getting some of it was Chinese. We know that, but that Chinese company was tied to Hunter. Hunter had connections to the Chinese company. And so we're literally releasing our strategic reserves because Biden's polls are too bad. And Hunter might be getting a piece of this. But there's the, the connections are spread out enough that they're very tough to investigate. So it's tough to get definitive answers to these things. To put dollar signs on it was a continued frustration that I had during my research. But you keep finding deal after deal after deal where the Biden family is tied in. So you give to Joe Biden's campaign for Senate, for example. It's a cakewalk. He hasn't had a contested race in 40 years. But who's his campaign manager? It's Valerie Biden. It's his sister. So whatever is going into Joe's campaign, he can kick that over his campaign manager's sister. Who knows how much he's getting for it? Hunter has said that some of his deals pops getting 50%. So, But we don't have dollar signs on any of these numbers because it's very easy to hide them given the, the current disclosure rules. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that was so disgusting. You see some, you know, the grandchildren got a piece of the deal from, I'm like, are they, like the Bidens themselves, none of them were international business people. I know the shit that we took, we actually did international deals. I know that because right. I did them myself. It was like, oh, how, you're international money. Like the grandchildren aren't Chinese business people. They're not international business right. people. The ex-girlfriend, the mistress, the this, everyone's in on it. And so in your mind, Alex, like, are the Republicans at all effective in what they're looking at? Is, is Congress, you know, the Republicans in Congress that are looking into all of this, you know, based on what you know, what you found in researching yeah. breaking Biden, are they doing anything or is it just sort of like swamp? Like, we'll pretend we're doing something. We'll do a little thing. They're going to run out the clock. Yeah. The, the other side will play it out. I mean, you know, what's going on? Because I mean, I, I see it every day, but it feels like there's nothing actually happening. Yeah, and I'm a little black-pilled on the current investigations. And I'll tell you, though, that Peter is not. So Peter Schweitzer, who I was my Peter's confidant great. throughout the process. Yeah, and, and he he's much more white-pilled on this, that he thinks there's going to be 
revelations that are going to be explosive and they're going to put uh, some of those exact dollar amounts on some of the things that I was able to figure out the the broader constellation of facts but it's so hard to get that granularity without Senate subpoena power and, and or, or um, uh, investigative congressional investigative power um, so Peter thinks that the, the dots will get filled in or the dots will get connected for me though I'm cynical in that I do not believe that anything Congress is going to do is going to surpass what we already know about Joe Biden. And Don, let, let me say this. If every American read Breaking Biden, President Trump is going to be president again. He's going to win again, for sure, because there's enough that we know already about the way the guy has wielded power and the way he's used it to enrich his family and the way he has used it to enable our enemies and the way that he sold out various parts of the American culture to foreign entities. If people break all this down and isolate it and get it into people's brains by the time we go to the polls next November, uh, Donald Trump's gonna win. He's gonna overcome all of the BS, all the cheat by mail, all of the automatic voter registration. It, this will be enough. So. Uh, in, a way, in a way, I'm hopeful. I'm personally negative, but I'm hopeful about the investigations. But I will say they're not necessary. If people learn the truth about Joe Biden, they will not accept him again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're, you're right. You got to sort of you got to break the margin of fraud. Uh, I, I think as Jack Posobiec put it, you know, and, and he's 100 <laughs> percent right. But right. yeah, you, right. you, you right. almost don't need it at this point. Right. Because you look at why is Hunter making millions from China? Meaning China's not like us, right? There are many things, but they're not stupid. They don't have like a, yeah. you know, a diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like, you know what we don't have? Yes. We don't have crackheads managing a billion dollars. You know, we need to diversify a little bit, make sure, make sure that we have some crackhead representation in this. You know, they don't give a billion dollars to someone who's not delivering something. And I, they don't believe that a yes. crackhead's going to deliver them investment results, unless, of course, they're just buying influence, which, of course, they were. I mean, that in and of itself should tell us everything we need to know. But apparently it doesn't when you have the forces that we're all up against functioning as your marketing department, deciding what is and yeah. what is not disinformation, you know, buying, you know, buying the sign off of our intelligence agencies like they did. You mentioned Tony Blinken earlier. You know, he led the 52 intelligence officers that said it's Russian disinformation. Like, right. you know how I knew it yes. wasn't Russian disinformation? Because, like, Hunter Biden didn't come out and say this is bullshit. Because if that was my laptop and <laughs> this was not actually yes. that, you, you come out and say, hey, this is bullshit. Like, I, like, I don't. It, but they didn't do that. They just let other people do it. Yeah, and there are still details in the laptop, by the way, that still haven't been unpacked because there's so much in there. And I've got a few of them in the book that I think uh, your audience will see when, when, when they surface. But what we are already know about Hunter. We already know so many deals. We know that he sold the business to a, a company that Xi Jinping called the Dragon Head because of his strategic importance. He got 188 grand for that, but he also retained equity. We have no idea how much the equity is worth. It could be worth millions and millions. Uh, we know that he, with his BHR partners, uh, that he was able to uh, on purpose, the the purpose of the business was working on deals that would fuse Chinese financial might with access to the Western world. We know that stuff is out there. We've already known that. We know that he got investment from the spouse of China's top propagandists. All this stuff is known. This isn't even breaking details in the book. This is stuff that I'm, I'm just digging up from old news items. 
which is much of the book is trying to highlight some of the things that people have missed because there's so much and they don't get established in play. It, his work with Chinese energy executives, the point that I noted about how he might have gotten some money from our strategic oil initiatives. I, I mean, it's a here, here's one of the best quotes ever from the laptop. The fucking spy chief of China hired Hunter. We don't know why, Don. We have no idea why. I, want, I wonder why. why. You know I, why. Can't, I can't, I can't yeah. figure out why. But I mean, I guess... Yeah. All of this, though, it's it's such an indictment of the Washington swamp, right? They yes. use, you know, the, yes. the fancy terminology, like their strategic advisement. You know, you, you get guys, you know, all of these guys that serve a couple years in government, they're, they're magically strategic advisors. You know, they've never done anything. They've never run a business. They peddled influence in a swamp. Most of them are idiots and incompetent. You, you see that coming out of, you know, uh, the... The generals, they go to work at Raytheon and all this stuff. They're not doing that. They're just there to yes. facilitate selling more missiles so that we can keep the graph uh, uh, going. But they use it to if get you, around if you, the lobbying laws. They use it to get around everything right. else. What did you cover in the book that sort of, let's call it, demystifies some of that tangled web of corruption where, you know, they're clearly going against FARA laws or lobbying laws or whatever it may be, but they've done it in such a way that the swamp has enabled They've allowed that sort of, yeah. well, as long as you're not officially doing it, you're a strategic advisor, you can do exactly what you're supposed to be prohibited from doing. Yeah, one of the things, it's a great question, because this is the part of the book that it, it can get a little nerdy, but I know if people are are tuning in to to shows like, like this, I know they want a lot of detail if they're reading Breitbart. Uh, I break down all of the corporate gifts, so to speak, that are made to the Bidens. And not just to the Bidens, but to Biden world and the partnerships that take place. Looking at those defense contractors like Raytheon is very big because you see that there's only a handful of these companies that basically enrich people who will go into the administration and then take policies, policy positions that will lead to more war and thus giant billion dollar government contracts. And the web is extensive and the Democrats are totally networked in this. I talked about West Exec uh, earlier, but there's other there, there's other groups and I list one after the next after the next. And the names that are in the, the Biden government, I mean, there's some places that will have upwards of 10 people where it's a consultancy, Don, but the reason why it's a consultancy is because if you're a lobbyist, then you have to disclose stuff. But yeah. if you're a consultant, you don't have to disclose stuff. And this means that you can continue to pursue policies that will lead to more war and thus more government spending. And then you get a seven-figure contract, maybe an eight-figure contract. We think Blinken made eight figures from West Exec. So it's the it's one of these things that, yes, the military-industrial complex is is real, it's not just real, it's thriving right now. Biden is the perfect military industrial complex president because his entire administration is people who at one time or another have gotten rich either from that sector, the the Northrop's, the, the Raytheon's, et cetera, uh, or big tech. It's those two worlds that are basically funneling money into Biden world's pockets. And so then they're all fat and happy. Then they can go into the government, make sure the policy gets done, and then they can come out. Yeah, I mean, you see that all the time. I mean, you know, John Kerry, he's basically, it feels like he's lobbying for Iran against America's interests yeah. at all times, you know? And, it, you know, it, it's not even like a joke. And yet I feel like the people that they went after in my father's administration for nothing, I mean, they were, they, that ends up being lies. But, yes. you know, there is a very clear double standard in the swamp, not just based on even the administrations, 
but you could have a conservative administration. The only ones that actually seem to be able to get ahead, and I'm sure there's examples where, you know, there's a conservative that was sort of wishy-washy enough that maybe they pulled it off, but it's the liberals that are out there taking advantage of these things. They're the ones doing that, and, and they're still going after anyone uh, that's on the conservative side of things. Yeah, exactly. And Carrie, who's, you know, of course, one of the most hysterical people on the climate, uh, I go into a lot of detail on how some of his investments are completely contra to what he does, uh, allegedly, for the Biden administration. And that's the pattern throughout all of them. I mean, Tom Steyer is even worse. He is the, the biggest loudmouth on the climate. And he's got so many investments into mining businesses and things like that, where Oil and get, you're yeah. trying to extract yeah, rare earths from, from the ground that are just in incredibly, done. it's unfathomable that any normal person could pollute as much as these people. And yet they're the ones who are held up as the exemplars of the Biden administration's policies on these matters. And you could write about it endlessly. The hard part is to actually try to summarize and synthesize size what are the key moments because you could literally do this all day with these people it's the most corrupt people maybe ever to run a, to run the country are there right now and they're getting a free pass by the media yeah you saw that what was it, a couple of weeks ago with john Kerry. it's like oh no i don't, I don't have a private plan I, I i don't even know what you're talking well, here's this, this. Oh, no, I don't have a private plan. Oh, oh, you mean my wife's private plan? Oh, well, that, you know, it's my, it's my yeah. wife's plan. Like, I'm like, are you serious? I mean, his carbon footprint is 100x the average yeah. Americans. We know the cars he drives. We know the house he lives in. We know all of this. And yet, yes. you know, it's like, oh, oh, oh. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess me traveling on my wife's plane magically just eliminates the carbon footprint. You saw Bill Gates. Well, it's different oh, yeah. for me. I, you know, I, I'm going around making a good, so it negates all of the carbon footprint. You know, they want you guys eating bugs, but they're still going to be eating steak. Yes. Like it's bullshit. Yeah, and and they do the, uh, the their big their big trick is that Kerry wants the carbon offsets done. What this means is that wealthy countries basically can plant trees so that they can continue to pollute an outsized level. And so it's an extra toll on normal people and small businesses who can't afford carbon offsets. And then the rich, the elite in this country, and the, the whole West in general, they can basically buy their way to a clear conscience. There's no reason anything John Kerry does can't be done on Zoom. He can do all of it on Zoom. He can do all of it on Skype. He never should take another plane as long as he lives. He doesn't have to go anywhere. But the fact he doesn't do that is all you need to know. But, but that's not news to people. People get that this is all happening. The problem is, is there is so much now. There's so much corruption. It's very difficult to hone in on what are the worst examples and to make them pop for people because people are getting numb, Don. And that's my right, big so, fear. So what do we do? Because you're, yeah. you're right. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's what people in my stream, people are like, okay, well, like, we're bitching about it. We know about it. Yeah. What can they yeah. do about it? You know, because there's a difference between the talk and action. We, we always talk about yeah. those distinctions. But, you know, it does feel like you're sort of helpless in this thing. And, you know, then we bitch from the sidelines and it's sort of at least we're bringing some attention to it. But, you know, are, are, are there sort of tangible deliverables? Are there things that we can do or that the average person can do uh, to try to put an end to this stuff, to stop it from continuing? Well, why is President Trump running for, for president again? Why does he want to get reelected? I mean, he can go be with his family and play golf and my two favorite things. So he, he can do those things. Uh, he's a fighter for this country. And we need to take that approach. And we're kind of being babies sometimes on the right. And I, I my conclusion to the book, which is most of the book is not opinion. Most of it's just 
the the details people need. Uh, but I, I do throw down a little bit on the right for kind of wimping out on some of these fights. Like we have to figure it out. We have to get in there. And if it's organizing at a local level, if it's volunteering ourselves more often, uh, if it's getting involved in, in our local government, it's doing everything we can to hold people accountable and to spread the word and to be fearless. And making it fun. We can make it fun. The right's more fun now. Uh, we're more creative. We're funnier oh, yeah. than the last. By the way, we're, really the, cool. we're the rebels yeah. for the yeah. first time in modern yeah. history. I mean, we're counterculture. Yes. We're like, you know, I'm watching like all these, you know, rage against the machine. I'm like, I don't know, man. It seems like you're kind of raging for the man. Like, you know, you're not, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing. They, I mean, they're going along with everything, you know, govern me harder daddy kind of shit. And it, it's, it's sort of amazing to see it. So, I mean, I think the right for the first time ever actually has a chance of being cool. You still got to sort of overcome the obstacles of what yes. we're up against. We big tech, pop culture, making it seem as though that's not the case. But, uh, you know, I, I actually think we're winning a lot of those battles. We're just up against trillion dollar entities that are very well funded to try to pretend like that's not actually happening. Let me give you some hope. I mean, ESG investment is actually drying up in some places. Larry Fink has been warning about that maybe we've overdone it on the ESG stuff. That is stunning to me because I'm not used to winning because we don't win that much. We won in 2016. And, and it's like, really? Like, this might be working? It's us complaining that ESG is not a way to run a company? Is getting through to people? Yes, it is. But we have to persevere. We can't just give up. And I find it to be very lazy and reductionist that we've taken Joe Biden, who's been in Washington for 50 years, and does all this horrible stuff. And everything he touches, everything he touches economically gets more expensive. He's uh, hamstringing our energy sector. He's failing us in Afghanistan. He's failing us in China. His family's getting rich. He's getting away with everything. His crackhead son's getting away with everything. And then we're just going to say, oh, he's in the basement. He's in the basement. We're done. He's in the basement. The oligarch's controlling him. He's a puppet. That's not enough. It's not getting the job done. So we need to move tactics. And I think that one of those tactics is celebrating when we're getting some victories, there's some very heartening stuff out there. You're seeing the protests of some of the uh, so some of the extreme indoctrination in our schools. Those are popping up. There's a lot of grassroots efforts on the, on that end. There are positive things happening, but only when we speak out and yeah. take control back of the government, so that we can start holding these companies to a reasonable standard. That's the only hope we got. Yeah, no, I, I see that. You know, I, I see it a lot. You know, in like sort of the insanity of the trans movement, because I'll put up, you know, something on Twitter or whatever. It is still very heavily left leaning, and I'll just be like, I don't know, kind of bullshit that a dude just won the female track championship at some state, and and people on Twitter, again, very left leaning, are like, oh, I hate you so badly, but you're right. I'm like, well, yes. if I'm getting that on Twitter, like that's like the vast majority of comments, like people who can't stand me, my leanings, my politics, whatever it may be, and that's fine. They're like, I'm with you. I'm like, well, then how does that movement that represents right. such a tiny portion of the population still have such power and clout? Is it just they've they've shamed people into not speaking out? Because it feels like, hey, man, if even the radical left is sort of with me on this, and I'm sure there's some lunatics that aren't, but, you know, this is a 75, 80, 90 percent issue. That doesn't exist in politics where you win by 50.00001 percent anymore. Uh, you know, we got to highlight those things because I, I, I think we do. They, they're carrying sort of undue, unearned power because people are just they've been afraid to speak up. Yeah, you're right on this. And there's a few ways to address it. I think the first thing is to understand that the Democrats community organizing is a Leviathan and their ideas are terrible. No one likes their ideas. Whenever we try their ideas, they stink. 
And what happens when people get older, they start voting Republican. Why are they leaving the border open? Because they need to import their next generation of voters uh, because grownups, people who get raised in America become more conservative. So we know all, all, so, so we know all that. So we need to understand their community organizing tactics and understanding that automatic voter registration, cheap by mail, open borders, all this stuff is death to the conservative movement if we don't start taking it seriously and figure out a way to solve these issues. That's number one. But number two is understanding that what Andrew Breitbart said about the culture being upstream of politics is still the main thing. Our arguments are better and they always have been. So we need to figure out how to message to those lower information voters to communicate with them. And a lot of it happens on a hyper local level. It happens with families. It happens in your community. Uh, I'm not a yeller at people. I don't think barking at people works. So I like to use questioning. I like to ask people to defend their views. And usually you don't get very far along until you realize people who are liberals, most of their voters, uh, they just haven't thought about it that long, that they are, they can't get over Republican bad, Democrat good, and that's really their worldview. We need to get through that and we need to share with people, I think at a nice level, that that doesn't work anymore. Like they're the ones who are supporting wars all over the world. They're the ones who are making gas $7 a gallon in California. They're the ones who are hamstring our energy sector. It's the, what, why do you think that it, oh, we were cozying up to China so much? Why is that such a good thing? They have literal concentration camps. That's not a good thing to do. If they make them defend those positions. And I think over time, we're gonna make a lot of progress. No, I, I think it's so important because you're right. I mean, if if Trump was doing any of the things that Joe Biden's doing, you, you'd hear about it nonstop, but like, you know, you, Putin's this terrible guy and he goes after his political enemies and he puts them in jail. I'm like, well, what's the Biden DOJ doing, please? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's different because it's Trump. Oh, I mean, you see that daily. They're, they're not capable of defending those arguments. How do you accelerate that? Because, you know, you still see so many people, despite what's going on, that are politically agnostic. I get it. It's hard to feed your yeah. family in the Biden economy. You know, they're, right. they're not watching. And I, I'd love for politics not to have to be the dominant thing that everyone's thinking of. But if you look at the results, if you look at the metrics, despite what the media is telling you, there, I mean, there's not a single place that we're better off than we were four years ago. That's pretty scary, especially when that's not still... Uh, you know, a narrative outside of people like us who do this day in and day out or those who consume that kind of information uh, fairly regularly. And that's why the tech censorship is such a big deal and why the advertising stuff is such a big deal because when advertising is not available at an equal level, when conservatives have to get 10x the traffic of liberals to be able to make a living, it disincentivizes our best minds from entering the realm of ideas for a living. And you know, one thing about Breitbart, which has been kind of amazing, is that we're so big, we're so big that we've been able to, to survive and thrive, but we're the exception. Most yeah. conservative outlets, we are not loaded up with cash because first of all, our donor class doesn't understand that the media and the culture is every bit as important, if not more important than the issues. Uh, but also the fact that they've choked off resources is yeah. so big, not just for Breitbart, we're going to be fine. Fox is going to be fine. But what about someone who was like, like I was when I was 23 and like Andrew Breitbart was when he was in his basement and thinking about, I want to do this for a living. I want to be a content yeah. creator on the, I want to be in the realm of ideas. I, it's, and what are the opportunities for you? 
to feed your family, to make a living. The opportunities are going to Washington and getting a job from Tony Blinken and his consultancy. It's going to Google and getting a job from those lefties who donate to the Biden inauguration committee. Those are the people who have the, who have the deep pockets. And so every time we win an election like we did in 2016, it just reminds you of how powerful our ideas must be because we're going up against all of that. And sometimes we still even win. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you could see, like, it feels like at least a big portion of the stuff going after Trump isn't just about Trump. It's about making sure that no one else dares to take on their supremacy, uh, exactly. you know, their exactly. power, that cabal. It, it's not even about Trump. It's like, hey, you're a successful entrepreneur that has conservative leanings. Like, why on earth would you ever think about getting involved to do what's right for the American people? Why on earth would you fight for hardworking men and women when you can just go party with the bigwigs in D.C.? You see this so much from the Republican, you know, the Republicans in Washington. They're so squishy because in the end, if you're a wishy-washy Republican, if you're a weak Republican in Washington, D.C., it's actually not a hard existence. You get invited to the cool person party if they yes. know you're going to fold when it matters. You know, you got a big thing, That's fold. Right. If you got a big, you know, you can be kind of conservative. You can say your things. But, you know, as long as they know they got you by the balls when it actually matters, when your constituency actually expects you to step up and you won't, you know, you got a pretty good living. We've known Bob Menendez, for example, has been crooked for, for years. I mean, Matt Boyle yeah. was reporting on this before he even got to Breitbart. He's been in Breitbart for 10 years. Oh, Don, what did Joe Biden say about Bob Menendez when uh, he got he got busted with his gold bars, his literal gold bars? You know what? I don't nothing. even know. Because he says nothing because yeah. he knows Bob Menendez is helpful in the end. And that's how well, Washington and Bob works. Menendez is has done word. 1% of what Joe and Hunter have been doing. I mean, everyone knows that Menendez is corrupt, but he gets through it. You got Jersey legislators that are going to back him. I mean, he literally pulled out what, last week. You know, it's like, well, you know, we, I'm of Cuban descent, so I have gold bars in my house <laughs> and, you know, cash sewn into my jackets because I'm worried about it happening. I mean, you. I, honestly, like, I don't know whether to be upset or impressed at the level of balls to take, but, you know, that's going to be the story. And Joe's going to back it <laughs> because Joe knows that he's done 100x what Bob Menendez does. But, I mean, the Menendez one is, you know, it feels almost cut and dry, but I feel like they're going to do something to him so that Joe Biden's DOJ can pretend, can pretend that there's actually equal justice under the law. So they take the most flagrant offender and, uh, you know, they, they go after him, right? They, it's, it's the usual left, right? They accuse everyone of doing exactly what they're doing. Hunter was taking money from the wife, the ex-mayor of Moscow, Hillary, shady foreign actors for fake opposition research. And then you have the Menendez stuff. It's all the things they said that Trump was doing that turned out to be a total lie, but it didn't matter. They were all doing it. They're all busted. And it feels like for most of them, there's going to be almost no consequence. If you think about what this Department of Justice is focused on, it's focused on President Trump. It's focused on people who used to work for President Trump. It's focused on PTA parents who are fed up with the school system. Uh, they're not focused on real crime. They're focused on on uh, tiddlywinks issues and people who are threats to the Washington status quo and to the Biden administration. That's where they put their focus. That's where they put their attention. And this is plain to see, but the details are still very striking because we have a crime crisis in this country and we're focused on political battles. And when people match that, when people who are in our inner cities who see that this president, for example, 
has taken a complete pass. He's completely taken a pass on the crime issues. And then you see what's going on in Washington, where you've got a corrupt Democrat senator and doesn't bring it up, doesn't come up. You start following the pattern of people hauling in people over, you know, January the 6th. And how long are we going to do this news cycle? I'll tell you how long, Don, as long as it takes for Joe Biden to stay in power permanently. That's what it's about, is they want him in there until he can hand it off to the next person. And that's how the machine operates. And understanding the machine and understanding that they will not relent. They will not cease. And they are trying to intimidate not just President Trump and his in his uh, uh, close, close consorts, they're trying to intimidate the next generation of leaders. They're trying to intimidate you, trying people like me, people like Senator Vance, people who are the, the next generation of conservatives. Those are the type of people who are getting a warning shot. Hey, you don't step out of line. We're coming for you with everything. So, so how does the Joe Biden political story ultimately end? Well, right now we we gotta we gotta pull up our you know we gotta lace our boots up and get to work because yeah. the problem is is that people have got to get through. Uh, their heads that it doesn't matter if he's falling over. It doesn't matter if his denture falls out of his mouth. It, it doesn't matter if all of his hair plugs fall out. None of that is, is going to be relevant. The machine will do whatever they can to keep him moving. They will keep him moving. And he built the machine. So he knows the machine. He knows how to work it. And he is not going to be out there very much in the campaign. Uh, he look for him to try to not debate, look for him to try to keep rallies to a minimum. He might even bring back some COVID stuff to try to keep things uh, at an absolute minimum in terms of what's necessary and try to keep President Trump in the news. They, they came up with another anti-Trump January 6th book. Don, you saw that this week? Oh, is that they put another one out there. We, we hadn't read enough, so they got another one for you because yeah. they want to talk about the, they, they want to talk about the bad orange man and they want to talk about all the bad people he hangs out with. They don't want to talk about what's happening to our country. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that. It was an article last week. It was talking about, you know, they're, they got Joe custom orthotics and they're doing balance exercises. I mean, they're literally running a campaign of <laughs> trying to prevent the leader of the free world, the yeah. guy with the nuclear codes, from literally falling over on his face, yes. like, on a daily basis. I mean, that doesn't feel like an election strategy. But man, if you're on my side of the story, you're reading this thing like, that's their strategy? Like, what other games are they going to be playing? Because if they can do that and like think that they can fool the American people, I mean, that's scary because that probably means they do have other stuff up their sleeve. What do you think they're going to be pulling? It, well, they, well, I'll tell you what we're going to be pulling. We need to hammer the corruption and we need to hammer the failures, policy failures. A lot of the things that we know about, like the gas prices, but in addition, making sure his COVID record, his Afghanistan record, his Ukraine record, his record with so many American industries, immigration, border, crime, inner city crime wave, making sure he's held to account for all of these failures that he's had, and not to mention all the deals, Ukraine, China, et cetera, making sure everyone knows these things because the media, this is what they're going to pull. They're going to try not to talk about it. They're going to try to talk about whatever, whoever passed away is going to be on Facebook, and then all the bad stuff President Trump did is going to be on the front pages. And that's what they're going to try to do. And they're going to try to write how, uh, and, and then they'll probably write how brilliant the strategy is for Joe staying out of the limelight. They have to keep him out of the limelight, but it is not a happenstance strategy. This is a strategy that they know will work. It worked last time for them. Yeah. And you keep adding on those automatic voter registration, the cheat by mail, et cetera. And they know they can win off of this if we're not careful. Don't let the polls get people too excited. They're exciting. I know it. But don't, let, don't get too excited because they've got the system working for them. 
That's what Joe Biden's been working on for the last 50 years of his life. Well, no, I, I agree 100 percent. We ne never take it for granted. Don't I mean, they want us to take it for granted. They want us to think it's over. They want us to do all these things and they're going to pull whatever they do. So we have to be watching. Where can uh, Alex, where can people get breaking Biden? Uh, where can they follow you? Uh, you know, how do they avoid, uh, you know, the algorithm over uh, Google to make sure that they're yes. seeing Breitbart on a regular basis? I just want to make sure that everyone's as informed as possible. That's why I say, you know, like, share, subscribe this content. We got to get it out there. We're, we're working against you know big, uh, big odds, uh, but but we can do it because I think we're actually right, and I think the more people hear about this stuff, yes. uh, you know, the more we're likely to win. But we, we can't we can't do it alone. We need everyone to be doing that. So where can they get all those things? Yeah, wherever is your favorite place to buy books. Um, I, if people don't like Amazon, that's fine. Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, all those places. Um, go to your local bookstore, ask for them to carry it, and, and pick one up for a liberal in your life and give it to them and say, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a fun read. There's a lot of fun stuff in there, but there's a lot of detail as well, uh, as you can imagine. And sharing this content with people on the web, going to Breitbart.com, uh, it's I still think is the best front page in news. So if you go over there every day, you're going to see a lot of great stuff. And Don, we can't thank you enough for the promotion, not just of the book, but uh, but a Breitbart because it really is a group effort. Uh, we cannot be precious about this. Yeah. It is going to be a massive fight for the next year. No, that, that's what I say. I mean, you know, I, I get there's plenty of infighting and conservatism and stuff like that. But man, we got to promote those who are sort of fighting that same battle. We got to make sure that they're out there. Uh, you know, it is so important. That's why you know I try to share all these things. I, I mean, I created MXM News you know, to be able to show content that people can see it because they weren't getting it otherwise. And then, you know, PNC Bank wanted to cancel our app. But I mean, we're we're truly up against things. Just just the no nature of uh, the notion of even just being objective and sharing everything. Uh, that's not even good enough today. Uh, you know, that should tell everyone what we're up against. So that's why we are in this together. We do have to get together uh, and, and fight this, because if we don't, we're going to lose. And if we lose, uh, you know, that, I, that's not a country I want my kids growing up in. So it's, it's really important. And thank you for all the stuff that you guys are doing, not just for the book, Alex, but for, at Breitbart. Uh, you're really a leader in that one. And, uh, you know, I, I read it daily and I suggest everyone else does as well. Thank you so much. I really think there's a lot of momentum on our side. And I think that hopefully the book is going to empower people to make those arguments to try to uh, send Joe Biden to retirement. Well, thank you, man. You guys, yeah, check out the book. It's it's a solid one and uh, hard to believe. As much as we talk about it, there's a lot more out there. And so uh, let's get it out there. Alex, thanks a lot for joining us. I really appreciate it. We'll look forward to having you back on soon. My pleasure. Okay, folks, great stuff in there tonight. Make sure to check out our incredible sponsors. Make sure you're liking, sharing, subscribing. Hit the little button. Do it right now. I'm waiting. I want to see the numbers go up in real time. That's how we get this message out. Don't forget to check out our great sponsors. Go to DonJuniorGold.com to learn how to take care of your financial security, to hedge against inflation, insanity, stupidity, the stuff that we're seeing coming out of our government every day. You can do that by owning tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver from the folks at Gold Co. That's DonJunior, D-O-N-J-R, Gold.com. Last but not least, don't forget to check out the great folks over at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They take your money, they give you dependable cell phone service, but they also fight for the causes that you believe in. They're fighting school board battles, they're fighting for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, our brave police and first responders. They literally get involved with all of this. You're going to have a cell phone in your pocket 
anyway. You can give it to them and fight for the things that you believe in, voting with your wallet, or you can give it to woke corporate cell phone who are taking your hard-earned dollars and using it against you daily. So go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered, like the name of the show, patriotmobile.com slash triggered for fast and free activation. It's a simple one and it's a no-brainer. You're going to have a cell phone in your pocket anyway. Stop feeding the woke beast. Fight with those who share your values Quick, simple, and easy. PatriotMobile.com slash triggered. Guys, really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you all soon.